Well, hello again, everybody. It is yours truly, Barry McCockner, and this is the latest episode of the Class Act Podcast. Uh, I'm sorry that I've been away for a while. It is right now, it is Wednesday, July 10th, the year of our Lord, Tim Tebow, 2019. And uh, there's a lot to talk about since I last uploaded an episode. Uh, The most pressing issue is that my account, my Sports Talk Barry account, which at the time had a little over 240,000 followers, got suspended. Uh, and I, I don't I don't know the exact reason why it got suspended. But uh, once again, I, I was punished for really no reason. As you see, uh, you know, guys like Harvey Weinstein and Bill Cosby and Kevin, Sp- and Kevin Spacey and, and all these, uh, Kobe Bryant, you know, all these rapists and all that shit like that you know still have their verified accounts but i guess i guess me talking about tom brady and steph curry was just a little bit too much for for twitter to handle i guess that's where they draw the line uh it sucks and not only was that account taken away but my backup account troop loverberry was was taken away uh the class act pod account was was taken away so twitter really nuked they really fucking nuked me uh in the recovering time span, I've eventually rebounded with my new account, uh, I've Mr. McCockner. It's already at over 80,000 followers in about a week or two, which is incredible, and I'm very, very thankful for, uh, for all my loyal fans. But uh, it's still very disappointing to really put in so much time and effort into something and to kind of build your brand and then to have it taken away. Uh, it'd be one thing if I was, you know, posting outlandish shit but you know my my tweets were all knowledgeable and really harmless and uh the only you know and it it's the only the only people who don't like me are people who i I talk about their favorite team or favorite player uh in an unfavorable light aka boston or warrior or warriors fans and uh, that's why when I got suspended, a lot of them were, were so happy to see me gone. And that really just reaffirmed my belief that I was speaking facts because people don't give a shit about somebody uh, if they know what if if they know what that person is saying is bullshit. Um, but the fact that so many people were so happy to see me go, uh, or at least see me get suspended, really just shows that I, I am speaking facts and I'm speaking things that they don't want to accept as true. Uh so it, it, it's disappointing, certainly, that my account got suspended. But the fact that I'm already over 80,000 followers again in span of about two weeks is really just ridiculous. And again, I can't thank my fans enough for being uh, just really loyal and and following me. I Again, I never, I said this before, I never could have uh, believed that at any point I would have such a large following on social media. And uh, yeah, I just want to just say thanks for everybody and hopefully... Uh, I can build this new account back up to where my old account was uh, before it gets suspended. Uh, so that's that's that on a personal note. In, in terms of actual sports news, uh, there's a, obviously the big story is NBA free agency. Oh, and just one last thing about uh, my my new accounts before I get into NBA free agency. Uh, I am hoping to have a new class act pod. Twitter account put up that somebody else will run that I know that I, tr- you know, somebody that I trust will run. 
so in the case that my new account does get banned, which it probably will because I always get banned eventually, uh, that class act pod Twitter account won't be IP banned. So that's 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 that. Um, anyways, going back to uh, the real big story of NBA free agency, obviously the big fish was Kawhi Leonard and Kawhi Leonard. Uh, really, the reason why I uh, part of the reason why I waited so long to uh, make this new episode, this new podcast episode, is because I wanted to wait until Kawhi Leonard made a decision. And every, as everybody knows, uh, free agency started uh, on June thirtieth. Now it's July tenth, so it's been you know about a week and a half since it started. And all you know, and, and within a span of you know twenty four hours, pretty much all of the big named free agents. Uh, signed where they were going to to sign for next year guys like kevin durant kyrie irving you know jimmy butler kemba walker uh but like i said before the big fish in in this especially because especially since durant has his achilles injury was Kawhi leonard and Kawhi leonard really took his time deciding when to go and as everybody knows now he went to the clippers and you know the recruiting process for Kawhi really throughout the entire week that he took to make his decision which now we know in retrospect basically Kawhi was you know teasing the Lakers and and the Raptors he was he was teasing them and like a teenage girl uh and he basically wanted to always go to the Clippers all along and he was recruiting Paul George uh, which was basically, you know, the other big story uh, of free agency that nobody saw coming, which was Paul George going from OKC and demanding a trade from OKC to join uh, Kawhi Leonard with the Clippers. And as to be honest with you, I'm happy. I'm, I'm on one hand, I'm I'm happy that um, I'm happy that Kawhi decided to go somewhere else besides the Lakers because I didn't feel like listening to. Uh, people discredit the Lakers for being too stacked and being, you know, unfair for the next, you know, three years with LeBron, Anthony Davis, and Kawhi. Even though it would have been, even though the same people who would be bitching about that are the same people that saw no problem with the Warriors stacking the deck as long as it stopped LeBron from winning more rings. But I digress. I, I think that overall, I think the fact that Really, the NBA right now, as of right now, there's there it's as wide open as I can ever remember in terms of who's going to win. You know, who's going to win the title? There, you have, I don't know, six or seven teams at least. You got, you know, the Lakers, the Clippers, uh, the Bucks, the Sixers. I mean, you have you have so many distinct possibilities uh, for who's going to win the title, and it, it's so much better than the last three years when everybody knew, barring an injury, that the Warriors were going to win the title because of Kevin fucking Durant. And um, so I, I'm happy that Kawhi uh, went to the Clippers because there's uh, you know, now there's some balance. I was a little bit upset. Not upset, but I was a little bit annoyed that he's kind of getting a pass from the media for basically being a snake. Like, if you're not interested in the Clippers, I'm, I'm sorry, if you're not interested in the Lakers or the Raptors, just tell, tell them up front that, you know, I'm not interested. And, you know, instead of leading them on. And that was one thing that kind of irked me. It's like, all right, because you basically, you know, you basically uh, cost 
some free agent signings uh, by dragging by dragging them on and not telling the Lakers and and the Raptors earlier. Uh, so that was my one problem with it. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's just the big thing. I think it's going to be interesting to see how Kawhi and Paul George uh, play together. Because, again, Kawhi, I think people overlook the fact that Kawhi is injury-prone. Uh, even before he, his you know 2018 season, where he missed almost the entire year, he's always seemed to miss a big patch of games every year with you know some various injuries. And obviously the new injury for him is you know, load management uh, and his, whatever he has, a quad issue. I don't know. It's pretty vague there. But uh, it's going to be interesting to see how the Clippers deal with that. I think obviously they'll be fine because Clippers have a very good bench. They have obviously another guy like Paul George, who I still don't trust. Like I, I still don't trust Paul George in big moments. I just don't. I, I think you know he's always due for a, a, a bunch of stinkers in big moments. He's inconsistent. He's been that way his entire career. But I still think that you know he's still a valuable piece. Obviously, he, he you know he was first team All NBA this past season, so uh, he's obviously very good. But I think that uh, it, it's it's more intriguing to me, at least, to see um, how him and Kawhi, how they mesh. Because, again, Kawhi isn't a great shot creator. He's not a great playmaker for other for other teammates. Um, so, it, really, who's going to be the big playmaker on the Clippers? Is it going to be Lou Williams? Like, who who is who is the guy for the Clippers? Uh, you know, you got but you got the Clippers have a very good bench. They have a good coach in Doc Rivers. Uh, you know, and, and so the, the Clippers are, are certainly going to be uh, a force to be reckoned with, uh, and you know, hopefully they can do it for Donald Sterling. Hopefully they, you know, this is all because of Donald Sterling. If Donald Sterling wasn't such a racist, the Clippers would probably be in deep shit right now. They would still be in deep shit. They would never have a shot at Kawhi if Donald Sterling didn't say racist shit. So I'm sure Clippers fans everywhere are thankful for Donald Sterling being a racist. To make this possible in the first place. Moving to the other team in LA, the Lakers. And obviously everybody knows the Lakers have their superstar duo of LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Uh, but basically the Clippers, I'm sorry, the Lakers in free agency were pretty much, you know, all in. It was all in on Kawhi, or you just have to fill out the rest of your roster with a bunch of you know, minimum signings and, and, and veterans and, and things like that. And they've they've gone off the hinge with, uh, you know, signing guys like Jerry Dudley and bringing back Rondo, who is a fucking team cancer. I cannot stand Rajon Rondo. He makes, he just ruins everything. So I was, I was very upset about that. You know, every single minute that Rajon Rondo plays over Alex Caruso next year should be a federal offense by Frank Vogel. Frank Vogel, if you're listening to this, you're probably not, but if you are, do not play Rajon Rondo over Alex Caruso. Okay, it was like night and day last year when when the Lakers' offense when they put Caruso in there, everything was so much more fluid and everything was so much more effective offensively. And then you got Rondo over there pounding the ball for 16 minutes, disrupting the flow. It just it just I was so upset that they re-signed Rondo, and the stats prove it. He's been you know the Lakers were outscored by like 250 points last year with Rondo on the court. He just, he's a horrible defender. He just brings nothing to the table. So I was upset that the Lakers signed him. The Lakers also brought uh, back uh, the felon, KCP, who is, who is uh, he's seen as a shooter. 
even though he shoots below 35% from three for his entire career. So he's not really a shooter, uh, but he goes off in, in meaningless games when you know there's no leverage or there's nothing at stake. So he's another he's another guy that I'm pissed. But he's a clutch he's a clutch client. You know he's the same agent as LeBron. So you know that that's why uh, he's back there. Um, they got other signings. I think I already mentioned Jared Dudley. They uh, signed Avery Bradley, who really hasn't been good since he was in Boston. They signed Demarcus Cousins, who um, you know. Who really? I don't. I don't. I don't know what Demarcus Cousins does well at this point in his career. He has. He's a good. He's good at making passes, but you know, is he? Is what does he bring otherwise? Like he's he's going to be coming off the bench. Like what is he going to do? Uh, so that there's there's talks that uh, the Lakers could could get Andre Iguodala once if if Memphis decides to buy him out of his contract which I think that would be interesting having Iguodala but again like I said the Lakers the Lakers as presently constructed are are it it's better obviously than last year when they basically just went out and signed a shitload of non-shooters and players that didn't fit with LeBron and now plus you got Anthony Davis so obviously the Lakers are in much better shape heading into this season than they were heading into last year. But still, I, I think, um, I think, you know, oh, and I, I I can't believe I almost forgot. They also signed Danny Green, who uh, is a sharpshooter. I, got, I think Danny Green was a good signing. They may have overpaid a little bit for him, in my opinion, but he was still a good signing. They got guys like Quinn Cook, who is really, Quinn Cook and Troy Daniels, who are really just there for, you know, three-point shooting. So uh, I'm happy that the Lakers at least got a little bit, you know, the Lakers front office basically got the message of, hey, you know, you you can't just keep fucking signing guys like Michael Beasley and, you know, Lance Stevenson and guys like that where they don't shoot the ball. You got to give LeBron is most effective with shooters around them, and we have 15-plus years of evidence to show this. So I'm glad that the Lakers front office got a little bit of, uh, they got the message this time. Heading into free agency, uh, who knows? Maybe the Lakers will add Kyle Korver. Kyle Korver's still on the market there, um, but I think the Lakers again. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see where the Lakers and Clippers that rivalry in L.A. is gonna be is gonna be interesting to watch. Um, as of right now, I, it's hard to say who. I, I think the Clippers have a better constructed team, but I think that the Lake the Lakers have have the best duo in the league right now of LeBron and Anthony Davis. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see how well, you know, the guys that they brought in as shooters, that's really what it's going to come down to, in my opinion, for the Lakers this year, is how well do the guys that they brought in to shoot the ball, guys like Danny Green, guys like Troy Daniels, uh, Jared Dudley, Quinn Cook, you know, all those shooters they brought in, sharpshooters, how do they, do they live up to their to their reputations as sharpshooters? Because if if they don't, then the Lakers are in trouble. But, again, at least they actually have the shooters there this year as opposed to last year. Um, the other big free agency news, and there was a lot, but the big free agency news besides Kawhi and the Lakers is the fact that the Brooklyn Nets signed both Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and also DeAndre Jordan. But who gives a fuck about DeAndre Jordan? Um, you know, the, the Brooklyn Nets, I don't think anybody saw this coming either, too, except for maybe people within league circles. But, I mean... You know, to for for full. 
I also want to take this moment to say I'm so proud of everybody for cyberbullying Kevin Durant out of Golden State. We did it. We fucking did it, everybody. Give yourselves a round of applause. We fucking cyberbullied Kevin Durant out of Golden State. And we know this to be a fact because Durant has said it. There's been articles out that are talking about Durant not feeling appreciated enough and, you know, the fact that, that he's, uh, you know, he, he didn't feel as loved in Golden State as he should have been. Uh, and, you know, the fact that we are able to do that and cyber bully him out of there and really kind of restore balance to the league again, I just want to give everybody who's listened to this who made fun of Kevin Durant for, you know, taking the easy way out in Golden State, I just want to say good job. We did it. We finally restored some balance back to the league without Kevin Durant there. Um, as for Kyrie, Kyrie was, Kyrie really wasn't a shock. I, sh- I, sh- I said that, you know, it was shocking, but Kyrie going to Brooklyn really wasn't a shock. I think everybody knew that really for the, for the few weeks prior, everybody knew he was out of Boston. You could just tell by just body language and whatever. It just, he was out of there. Uh, but, but KD going to Brooklyn was interesting because now we know from, now we know from, uh, from people t- bringing it up now that Durant and Kyrie basically had been planning to uh, team up really the entire time, uh, the entire season. And, um, you know, now now we have to wait a year really until Durant is back uh, to, to really see that these free agency signings come into fruition. But, uh, you know, the East, the East is really, really, uh, it's going to be competitive. I don't know this upcoming year what the Nets are going to be able to do with Kyrie Irving leading the charge. Because, again, with Kyrie Irving in charge, like, we don't... With Kyrie Irving as the first option, you know, the only the only time that we've seen that in the playoffs is this past year when he completely flamed out. Uh, and it's just an incredibly underwhelming and disappointing postseason with Kyrie Irving. And the Celtics this past year were just a complete mess, a complete disappointment, which is great for me because I hate Boston sports. But... Um, yeah, I think we don't we don't know Kyrie. I always said about this about Kyrie. If Kyrie Irving is your number two option, you are in phenomenal shape because he's a guy who can go get a bucket anytime. But if he's your first option, if he's your leader, you got some problems. And and this is kind of what I think the first year of in Brooklyn will be, where you got problems with Kyrie as your first option. But once Durant gets back, uh. The, and even even off an Achilles injury, Durant is one of the most you know talented scorers ever. He's he's probably the most talented and most skilled scorer in NBA history. He never really relied on his athleticism, so you know Durant can still get a shot anytime he wants to. So I think that once Durant gets back, despite the fact that he'll be what 32 and coming off an Achilles injury, you know he's he's a rare exception. Uh, you know he's one of the rare talents of all time. Which again just makes it all the more puzzling that he's such an insecure bitch. I mean, my goodness, dude, my God, do you, like, do you, like, you have, you have, you're, you're one of the five to ten most talented basketball players of all time, and just the mentality of a fifth grade girl, like, it just, I, I don't get it. I don't, I don't understand how, like, I don't understand how that 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 comes into the same package. Like, how can you be so talented? And yet, such a bitch mentally at the same time, like Jesus, like for God's sake, this really the the more that this news and the more and more that this stuff comes out about Durant being 
you know, such a, a prima donna and such a sensitive bitch. It really just puts into perspective how well he was guarded in Oklahoma City for those nine years that he was that he was with the the Thunder franchise. Because really, when he was with the Thunder, what was his reputation? His reputation was he's the humble, homegrown superstar who would never leave. And of course, we all know that that was bullshit. But the last you know three years, when he was with Golden State and he won a few titles and a few Finals MVPs, and I say I put I say that with asterisk and with air quotes, but um, like he just you know like OKC he was really sheltered and he got excuses made for him because of. You know, he had Russell Westbrook there, and when he went, as soon as he left there, yeah, he got the titles, but he was open to more criticism, a lot of which was warranted, and uh, he was going to Steph's team, which, you know, and we all know how crazy and cultish Steph Curry fans are, and, you know, he had to have known, and so the fact that he was acting like he was, he was underappreciated by, by Warriors fans, yes, but, I mean, come on, man, you have to know that when you're going to... When you're going to the Laker, when you're going to the Warriors, you know you, you have to understand that it, it's going to be Steph's team no matter what you do. It's the same thing with LeBron in Miami. When he went there, it was always going to, you know, he was the best player, but it was always going to be Wade's franchise, you know, because they, he had been there, he'd won a title before. So, um, you know, so the fact that I think Durant was really naive if he, if he thought he was going to go to the Warriors and become, you know, the fans' favorite players, um, but. You know, that's just, that's just me. I think that, again, like I mentioned earlier in the podcast episode, it's going to be really interesting to, to see, because there's really, there's genuine suspense really for the first time. And there's, it's not going to take an injury like we did, like it did this past year to Durant to really open up, you know, suspense and, and to make, make the outcome, you know, not preordained. Um, in terms of other news, to a lesser extent, you know, the Celtics, they kind of, the Celtics basically swapped out Kyrie with Kemba Walker. And I've said on, on previous podcast episodes, I've never really been a fan of Kemba Walker's game. I don't think he's a, he makes winning plays. I don't think he's, you know, he's, he's a exciting, inefficient shot jacker. That's basically it. And the stats prove it. And in Charlotte, he was in a smaller market. He was, you know, the franchise all-time leading scorer. The expectations there Nobody really gave a shit about him. Nobody gave a shit. So it's like he could, he could toil away in, in mediocrity down there. But now that the, the spotlight is going to be on him a lot more, um, it's going to be interesting to see how he reacts. Uh, and hopefully he doesn't get too many racial slurs thrown at him from Boston fans. Uh, other free agency news. Um, the big news uh, in Golden State, the Golden State wasn't quiet, but... Um, you know, D'Angelo, they, they gave D'Angelo Russell a, a four-year, $117 million contract. Uh, and D'Angelo Russell basically, again, he's, he's like another Kemba Walker, a guy who he, he doesn't really play a winning brand of basketball. So the, the, the Warriors, I'm guessing, pretty much just got him for to give Steph some help while Clay is out. But, you know, I mean... D'Angelo Russell, I've never been a fan of his game. I've never been a fan of his game. For some reason, he has a bunch of idiotic fans. It's the same thing with Rondo. It's like these guys, they're not good, and they have a bunch of fucking fans. Like, it's one thing if you if you stand a guy like LeBron or Kobe or MJ. Like, like the the greatest players of all time. I can, I can see on some level why people would be rooting for those guys, why you would be fans of those guys as basketball players. But when it comes to, like, the the... the 
amount of, of, of fan base and, and 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 bullshit that you hear from guys like you know from Rondo fans and guys like D'Angelo Russell fans and even Carmelo Anthony fans. It's like you know these guys stink. They stink. Let it go. Okay, they suck. So you know I think the Warriors signing Russell was a desperation move. In all, in all likelihood, they're probably going to trade him at some point uh, once Clay gets back. But again, you know, this entire thing with the Warriors is, all right, so this is where the, the difference between standards for a guy like Steph Curry and standards for a guy like LeBron is and, and how stupid LeBron haters are and how stupid they sound. All right, so this past, this past free agency, Kevin Durant left like $60 million on the table to not play with Steph Curry. The Warriors released Sean Livingston. They released Boogie like they released Boogie Cousins. They uh traded away Andre Iguodala. Now, if this was a LeBron team, okay, and all of these players were leaving, going away from LeBron's team, what would people be saying? What would they be saying? They'd be saying nobody wants to play with LeBron, LeBron's toxic, and all that other bullshit. As soon as you say, Oh, those guys didn't want to play with Steph anymore, Steph is toxic, and blah 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 blah. People get, oh no, you're just being a hater, you're being stupid. You know, it's always, once you apply LeBron hater logic to other superstar players, it really shows how dumb it is. And I, I'm sorry to go off on another tangent there. But um, uh, to other free agency, you got Jimmy Butler went from Philadelphia to Miami, um, which in, in, uh, is going to be interesting also because Miami is probably going to land Russell Westbrook who is basically, you know, been demanding a trade for, you know, ever since Paul George signed with the Clippers. So, you know, you, you can't help but feel bad just a little bit for Thunder fans because not only is their basketball team going to suck, but they also have to live in Oklahoma. I mean, that's just that's just awful. That is horrible. My thoughts and prayers go out to those Oklahoma City Thunder fans because, again, having to live in Oklahoma, is just that's just, that's a tough scene. The other thing is, though, like, how would the chemistry between Russell Westbrook and Jimmy Butler work? Because Russell Westbrook, like, he, he basically he puts up stats, but he's like a horrible. He doesn't. He's not conducive to winning. He is like the he is the worst and the like the worst basketball IQ of any player I've ever seen. It's like a broken record. I don't know. I don't know if any of you guys have seen the movie. Memento. It's it's about a guy who lost, you know, has like short-term memory loss and he can't remember anything. And so he has to, you know, if you've ever seen that movie, there's a scene in that movie where there's a guy who, again, had short-term memory loss and they do these tests with him to, to test his memory. And every single time he would fall for the same trap. So he would never get better. Like it was like a broken record. He would just same thing over and over again. And that's what Westbrook is. That's like, Westbrook is that guy. He's like, he doesn't change. It's like the same, it's like watching the same movie over and over again. The same mistakes, the same losses. Like, it's the same thing over and over again. So it's going to be interesting to see how Westbrook and Jimmy Butler, if they do team up, how they respond. Um, the other, uh, it's going to be, you know, you look at you look at Philadelphia, they signed Al Horford. They're going to sign Ben Simmons to an extension. But, you know, Philadelphia is the perfect example of, all right, you have a bunch of big names. You got Embiid, you got Simmons, you got Horford. But they lost J.J. Redick, who was one of their best shooters. They lost him. He went to New Orleans. So, like, the spacing for the 76ers 
is going to be horrible next year. So that's going to be a concern for me, what, for, at least for the 76ers. Like, what are they going to do offensively? Defensively, they should be great. But offensively, it's going to be a struggle. It's going to be a tough scene. Um, um, and and another year, another, another year of the Knicks basically embarrassing themselves, I guess, is the way to put it. Like... <sighs> I've been following basketball. I'm 25. I've been following basketball for almost, you know, 20 years now, since I can remember. And in that, basically, in that entire time span, the Knicks have been a joke. They've been the worst team in the NBA, winning percentage-wise, just just horrible signings, like just just every which way you can poorly run a franchise. The Knicks have done it over the last 20 years. And it's like every single year, every single time there's a big name free agent. And you're already starting to see it with like a guy like Giannis, who is a free agent in 2021. Like every single every single time there's a big free agent, they're always linked to the Knicks. And every single time it's like, they're not going to go to the Knicks. They're not going to do it. As long as Jim Dolan's there, as long as you know the Knicks have one of the worst run franchises, that nobody's going to go to the Knicks. And it's, it's been the same way. Like who is the Knicks' biggest free agent signing? Over the last 20 years. Amari Stoudemire? Like, half a year of Amari Stoudemire playing great? Washed up Carmelo Anthony? Like, are those those are the biggest free agent signings for the Knicks over the last, you know, 20 years. And that's why they stink. And I don't really get, like, everybody piles on the Knicks, but I, I don't really, I don't really find a lot of joy in... In, in making fun of the Knicks because it's kind of like, you know, making fun of a poor kid. It's like, you know, everybody already like everybody already knows they suck. You know, their, their fans know they suck. So I don't I don't I'm not a fan of uh, I don't really get a lot of enjoyment making fun of the, making fun of the Knicks for being incompetent because they've been that way for, you know, two decades now. Like the last the last, you know, deep playoff run that they made was in 2000. So like, you know, they're not good. So it's gonna be, um, you know, people make fun of them for for you know signing guys like Julius Randle and Taj Gibson and, and all these other like these non superstars missing out on these superstars. I personally I don't really take a lot of joy in that, um, because you know whatever you know, you know how the Patriots and Tom Brady and Belichick have you know they have like just the best luck in the world in big games the best karma. That's the Knicks are the complete opposite of that. Everything that can go wrong for the Knicks will go wrong. So that's just what I have to say about it. The other thing that, that, that sucked is Summer League. This has really been the worst Summer League that I can remember because every, every year in Summer League, there's usually, I don't know, three or four players that are interesting to watch and that you're going to be intrigued to watch. And this year going in, I was interested in looking at, all right, Zion Williamson, obviously, and uh, Michael Porter Jr. And, and, Michael Porter Jr. is, you know, he's like the the fish that yells my leg in SpongeBob all the time. My leg, you know, that's what, that's who Michael Porter Jr. is. He's just a guy that keeps getting injured, and so he's not playing in the summer league. So all right, I don't feel like watching it then. And then Zion Williamson was was on the court for like ten minutes, and then he got a little boo boo on his knee, and so they sat him out for the rest of the summer league, which is a smart move to do because you know it's summer league. But still, like the summer league is boring as fuck. Um, baseball is, you know, regular season baseball is boring as fuck. 
there's no NFL yet. You know, the training camps haven't started. There's no preseason games. The NBA obviously isn't, uh, you know, in. So this is like the worst time of the sports year, in my opinion, where there's just nothing going on. And it's just, uh, it's boring as fuck. So it's hard to make uh, a podcast like this where um, you're, you're trying to come up with as many sports topics as possible. Um, but I think I did as good as I could have. Um, I think it's, again, I'm just happy that for the first time really since July 4th, 2016, when Durant signed with the Warriors, that there's actually some suspense and there's actually, you know, some some competitive balance back in the league with the NBA. And, um, you know, I, I guess, I guess, you know, here's the thing. I'm a unique. I'm in. I'm in a unique situation because you know I'm. A, I'm a fan of a player. Like everybody knows, I'm a LeBron fan. Like my. I root for whatever team LeBron is on, which is why it's kind of been hard to root for the Lakers because I hate the Lakers, ever since LeBron's been on there. Uh, you know. So. Um. And, so a part of me wishes that I. I was never a fan, of LeBron because the it's it's tiring. Being a LeBron fan, having to defend him from all the stupidity and all the insecurity from people who are insecure about the fact that he's, you know, on Michael Jordan's level, uh, and just the constant tearing down, and and just constantly trying to tear LeBron down and this and that, and it's it's it takes a lot of the joy out of sports from from watching the sport, and so I wish at times that I wasn't such a big LeBron fan. And, and, you know, people act like, you know, LeBron fans are weird for, for rooting for whatever team LeBron plays for. Like, shut the fuck up, all right? You, these same people, they call us bandwagon fans, all right? You know, these same people bandwagon, they hate on whatever team LeBron plays on. So they're the same thing that they accuse us of being, except they're the opposite. They're bandwagon haters. Whatever team LeBron plays for, they hate. So, you know, it, it's two sides of the same coin here. Like, it just, it, it's... I wish at some point that I was that I was I wasn't such a LeBron fan sometimes, um, but other times you know, like this where there's there's a legitimate chance for him to win again. I'm so happy, and hey, as long as you're upfront and honest about why you're rooting for the Lakers, if you say hey I'm a LeBron fan, I don't give a shit about the Lakers, I don't see a problem with that. The problem is is when people pretend like they've been lifelong fans of a particular team. And they're not honest about it. Like, if you say, oh, I've been a lifelong Lakers fan. I've always liked the Lakers. It's like, no, you haven't. You only like them because LeBron went there. So just be honest. Don't be like Patriots fans, all right? Don't be like Patriots fans who who pretend like they care about all the players, and but they really, they really only care about Tom Brady. They only care about Tom Brady's stats. So, and I, again, I could go on, I could go on another rant about, about Patriots fans and why I hate Patriots fans and, and why... Tom Brady is overrated, um, but again, that's for another day. Um, as for this podcast, uh, I'm officially uh, ending it right now, and it was good to finally get back on the airwaves. Hopefully, I will have some other topics to talk about. I just had a lot to flush out here in this episode. Uh, stay classy and respect the troops.